Reno, in that all about two hundred rock fans are at a rock show. Hello, this is Lisa Gonzalez from the Institute for Local Self-Reliance. Welcome to another episode of our Community Broadband Bits podcast. In episode 52, we visit once again with Harold Feld, Senior Vice President of Public Knowledge. Harold is well known for his extensive work on telephone and broadband issues that impact consumers. This time, Chris and Harold talk about events in Fire Island, New York, and Barrier Island in New Jersey. Both communities were hit hard by Hurricane Sandy over six months ago, and both are still waiting for telephone and internet connections to be restored. Verizon has decided it is no longer interested in offering telephone service via traditional copper wires. The company has filed an application with the FCC to instead integrate its inferior voice line service. As Chris and Harold discussed, this situation could determine U.S. communications policy as we move forward. Here are Chris and Harold with the details. Welcome to another episode of Community Broadband Bits. Today, we're back with Harold Feld in D.C. with Public Knowledge. Uh, Harold, uh, can you remind us what is uh, what Public Knowledge does? Thank you. So Public Knowledge, we're a uh, nonprofit uh, in Washington, D.C. We're a digital advocacy uh, group and believe in everybody's right to uh, access um, information uh, online in a meaningful way without uh, without gatekeepers or either government or uh, private corporate intermediaries. In addition to all of the great resources you have available at publicknowledge.org, you also write a, a blog that's uh, semi-famous. It's totally famous in our telecom world, uh, Tales from the Sausage Factory. So I encourage people to check that out. I don't think we noted it last time. Yes, thank you very much. Um, so we wanted to talk about Fire Island, and uh, um, an area that was impacted by Sandy. Can you tell us why this island is suddenly um, something that's really important to you and me? Yes, well, it's the Fire Island is uh, one of the uh, little barrier islands that's in fact just off of uh, Long Island, just a little bit outside of uh, New York City. It uh, was devastated by uh, Hurricane Sandy, as was a, another uh, uh, barrier island uh, in New Jersey called Manilocking, um, which is on the New Jersey barrier island. Uh, and in those cases, the Copper wires for Verizon's standard telephone service and their DSL service were totally destroyed. Uh, and uh, Verizon has decided that they don't want to replace the copper lines for these places. And uh, for these communities, for various reasons, they're not going to rebuild the copper. They're going to offer a different product instead. Okay, so why is that a, why is that a big deal? Well, this is a big deal because um, we've never had this before where the telephone company, which has been a, a regulated public utility, says, you know what, I just don't want to rebuild uh, uh, my network. Um, instead, what I want to do is offer you a different product. In this case, it's a wireless product, um, which kind of sort of does the same things, kind of. Um, there are a bunch of things that it doesn't do. Um, and uh, we're just going to roll that out instead of the uh, uh, the traditional copper product, even if you have been uh, relying on the uh, the copper product until now. So this is this is a very big deal um, because for the first time in a hundred years, uh, the copper lines come down and they don't go back up again. Right, and just to I think really explain what this what this service this voice link is what Verizon's calling it, what what it is they put an antenna in your home but they're not requiring you to take Verizon uh, cellular phone service right it's just no actually it's very interesting because Verizon the telephone company is actually buying 
minutes and airtime from Verizon Wireless, the wireless company. Uh, and what the Verizon is doing uh, is taking a, yeah, a little box uh, and finding the, the place in your house that has the best uh, wireless reception and putting what they call the device, this, this little box up on the wall, uh, and then they plug your, uh, your home phone network into it. Uh, and what that does is it means that your home is now on the local Verizon wireless cell network rather than being plugged into a copper line back into the Verizon uh, network. Why should anyone outside of Fire Island care about this? Well, the reason why is because we're in the process of this broader industry transition. I've talked about that uh, a couple of months ago here on the podcast, um, where uh, we're seeing a lot of companies want to take down their copper lines, which are expensive to maintain. They have certain regulatory obligations with regard to reliability, with regard to access by competitors. Um, uh, they're also uh, just expensive to, uh, to keep up in some places. And many of the wireline companies have said that ultimately they would like to uh, get rid of these lines and replace these lines. So um, the concern is that you have something like VoiceLink, um, which is a voice-only product. So if you were a DSL subscriber on Fire Island or uh, on the New Jersey Barrier Island where you're, they're not rebuilding the copper, you just don't get data anymore. You don't have the DSL service. It is not compatible with certain things that the phone system traditionally does So, um, because it's basically a cell phone. So uh, you can't receive collect calls. You can't use uh, long-distance calling cards that give you free minutes either to other countries or um, you know, just uh, to other states. Uh, you can't use fax machines with it. It is not 100% reliable for, for getting to 911 in the way the copper line is. So um, you have two real issues here. One is that in some places we're taking a step backward on broadband uh, because if, if you, uh, New Jersey, where Comcast is the cable provider, it's now the only wireline cable provider. Uh, on Fire Island, where there is no cable company, there is no wireline cable, uh, broadband provider. It's uh, now just this, the capped, more expensive uh, wireless data service. So uh, we're concerned about that, uh, and we're uh, concerned about uh, those communities that have depended on, uh, on copper lines because they use things like Life Alert that work over copper and don't work over uh, wireless, or small businesses which depend on copper and uh, need more expensive data packages for, to replicate that with wireless. Uh, and the reason we care for outside of Fire Island and, and the Barrier Island of New Jersey is the concern is, so as companies take down their copper lines, is this what the substitute going to be? Is this the future for not just the uh, several hundred people who live in these communities, but for the 10 million people who are in Verizon's copper footprint? Is this the future for uh, people who are in Florida, the Gulf states, where uh, they have uh, copper lines, they don't have any kind of fiber, where the phone company might say, well, you know what, I just don't feel like rebuilding the copper. Um, let me put in this cheaper wireless product that maybe doesn't do the same thing, but uh, is easier for me to provide.
I think it's interesting because we, in watching some of these laws pass that, that you and I talked about the last time on the show, uh, these carrier of last resorts, um, and watching that law um, be gutted, um, I think we assumed that, that we'd move into a future where perhaps in Wisconsin or Kansas we would see a telephone company just move out of exchanges. And now it seems that we're more worried about a natural disaster coming, a tornado hitting, and suddenly that that town just doesn't get it back, which is it's somewhat different, and it's it's really somewhat upsetting to think that um, that you would have to suffer through an additional sort of man-made disaster after a community might suffer a major natural disaster. Right, that's that's the concern here. I mean, in New York, where Fire Island is, and in New Jersey, where the the New Jersey Barrier Islands are, the the local public service commission still has jurisdiction. They have not totally deregulated. So uh, Verizon, in order to be able to do this, has had to promise to do a lot of things. They, they had to put in a whole new, you know, they really had to, to beef up their, their cellular network so that the voice link stuff would work more reliably. They had to commit to working with the local uh, communities, with the small businesses to make sure they weren't terribly impacted. Uh, and Verizon's been, you know, very careful now to say, well, you know, we're not planning to uh, to get rid of copper and other uh, communities. We're just looking at this to to step in where uh, the network was destroyed and it doesn't make economic sense to rebuild it. In states that have gotten rid of these laws, where you know there is no state enforcement, then um, nothing stops a phone company, whether it's Verizon or, or AT&T or anybody else, uh, from saying, you know what, you know, they, that, that town's just not worth it to us. You know, it's just, it, it costs a lot of money to build the copper. Um, why would we want to rebuild it? It's going to be expensive. Let's just not do that. Uh, and I think that's uh, a very much a concern of ours. We have uh, gone to the uh, Federal Communications Commission um, and said, hey, look, you know, there's a, a process um, by which um, you know, the, the carriers need to ask for permission to discontinue service. Uh, usually that's um, something of a rubber stamp. Uh, but uh, you ought to look at it and, you know, look at the potential, uh, uh, particularly for hurricanes uh, this year to destroy uh, a lot of, uh, you know, communities in the Gulf Coast or other places where, you know, networks could be wiped out. The, uh, the FCC needs to be prepared to be a backstop uh, and tell uh, companies, okay, you know, you need to provide, you need to provide adequate service. Right. I think it's a it's a reminder of why we do need local and state regulation, uh, because it's not just it's not redundant. It's overlapping. And those are very different concepts. Um, so um, I want to I want to finish up with a um, you had you mentioned something to me previously in terms of just the insanity of, for instance, in Florida, where the state law limits the ability of communities to build their own networks. And now they're making it very easy for, uh, you know, a Verizon or an AT&T to exit the market. Um, and so I just wanted to I just wanted to put that to you. Um, well, absolutely. I mean, when you look at something like Fire Island, for example, you know, that's the, exactly the kind of place where, you know, you would think that it's a very, it's a small community, but it's a vacation place where a lot of people, you know, the population is 300 permanent residents and then about 2 million people visited during the four months of the tourist season. Um, so that's the kind of place where, you know, it doesn't make sense for, for a private company like Verizon maybe to spend millions of dollars to build out a network, but for uh, a local community to say, look, we want to be able to attract uh, 
business and tourists and uh, take care of our uh, uh, needs for the residents who are here. Uh, it's actually not that expensive now to build uh, some of these uh, fiber networks or you know, some of the other alternative networks. Let the, the community, if they want to uh, provide service, build the network. I mean, a community may decide, you know, look, you company, you know, that wants to serve big cities may not think we're worth it, but we think we're worth it. Why not let communities invest uh, in their own network? Right. And I think it's something that overlaps with us because we often talk about community networks in a in a vague way. But a number of these towns um, are restricted. Um, a number of towns across the United States are restricted specifically provided from providing telecommunications services. And so while some communities in Missouri, for instance, are able to build networks that uh, offer broadband and Internet service, they cannot offer the other services. And so I think this is a reminder that, that these services are each independent and, and communities should have full authority to build any kind of network that they uh, believe is, is, is necessary. Well, absolutely. I mean, look, you know, the, the, the real lesson of this is um, it doesn't make any sense to say, here are places that these companies don't want to serve. Oh, that's fine. That's a business decision. But here are communities that want to serve themselves. It would be unfair to let them compete with these companies that don't actually want to serve them. <laughs> I mean, that just doesn't make any sense. Um, the reality is that the companies that uh, have pushed for these laws to prevent communities from serving themselves have traditionally uh, been afraid of being embarrassed by what you know these communities can offer um, that shows up uh, you know these networks as we're seeing in places like Chattanooga where you know people can get or Lafayette where they can get uh, much better service than they can from the private companies uh, or smaller communities that uh, nobody uh, has until now really had an interest in serving except the people who live there want to be served. Thank you so much, Harold, for coming on. We always like to hear what's happening. Um, I think you have a terrific way of putting uh, these events in context as we continue to muddle through uh, the transition that, as you said, we're going to go through it regardless of whether we're prepared or not. So let's, let's pay attention and get it right. That's exactly right. You know, uh, as I say, I was talking to Verizon folks and they say, you know, what happened in Fire Island and uh, New Jersey Barrier Island, you know, that's not our plan for our copper footprint. That just uh, was something that happened before Sandy. Well, you know what? The problem is before Sandy, I'm sure that wasn't even their plan for Fire Island. But mm -hmm. uh, uh, but things happen and we need to be prepared and we need to deal with this uh, transition in an intelligent and thoughtful manner and make sure that uh, we don't take a step backward uh, in this country for communities, whether they're you know big communities or uh, communities with only a couple of hundred people in them, like Fire Island. Right. Actually, we were born with this handicap called consciousness, and we need to use it to plan for coming mistakes or errors or problems, right? <laughs> that's exactly right. You know, it, and having seen it happen once, we shouldn't assume that's a one-off. Right. Well, thank you so much. Have a have a great day, and I will talk to you again soon. Great. Thanks very much. For more about this pivotal situation, visit publicknowledge.org, Harold's blog at wetmachine.org, or muninetworks.org. We are also following the story as it plays out. Please send us your questions and comments. Email us at podcast at muninetworks.org. Our handle on Twitter is at communitynets. This show was released on June 25, 2013. Thank you to the group Eat It Joe's for their self-titled song licensed using Creative Commons. Thanks for listening. Eat at Joe's, eat at Joe's, eat at Joe's.